Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahiri, and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that that this will bless you. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you, and if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at palousechurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always email me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org to connect with me or send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day. Hi friends, it's, it's good to be with you to continue this series we're calling Words That Matter, and all of God's words matter, but we are particularly focusing in on the words of Jesus Christ from the cross, and we are on the fifth word, what's been traditionally called the word of distress, uh, when Jesus says, I thirst. And it, back in Jesus' day, you know, about 2,000 years ago, Safe drinking water was just not, you know, readily or easily available. You had, to have a, you had to have a well, right, or some safe collection system of water to have drinking water. Well, Jesus, therefore, can relate to our world today where over 100 million people in the world have to scavenge or go looking to find their daily water. So drinking polluted surface water or digging holes to drink muddy water, this is still something that happens in our world for over 100 million people daily. There are, those that, there are many that have to travel over 30 minutes, usually by foot, to find water. And, you know, Jesus likely did this at some point in his life to find water or to get water. He knew physical thirst in his life, not just when he got to the cross, but he He knew physical thirst in his life. Now, the thirst that he's experiencing on the cross that we're going to talk about today, this is most intense, very intense. But on top of that deep, deep physical thirst, there's another thirst, a different type of thirst. Jesus was thirsting for something far deeper on the cross. And today, we're going to talk about what it means when Jesus says, I thirst. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are truly our rock and our redeemer. You are our living water, and you alone should we rightly fear, fully follow, and you alone should our lives be founded upon. Oh, Lord, would you you pour out your spirit? Would you give us fresh, fresh water for our souls today? Lord, may you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. From the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 28. Stand if you'd like and if you're able for the reading of the Gospel. John 19, 28. It reads, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill Scripture, I thirst. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the Scripture, I thirst. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, let's break down this scripture. It says after this, and that begs the question, after what? 
Well, after he had just said the, the word of relationship, what we call the word of relationship, when he spoke to his mother, saying, behold, here is your son, pointing to John, and to John he said, behold, here is your mother, where he was caring for the relationships that were right in front of him. And so it's right after this that Jesus is then saying that he thirsts. It says then that Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, what was finished? What, I, what is going on? Well, he, he, let's keep in mind that Jesus knew what was going to happen, but he is actually and really going through it, right? And so he has this double layer um, that, that he's knowing but experiencing. He, and so he is knowing that what he came to do is his mission, an important part of his mission is being accomplished. The, the drawing of the power of sin, the punishment of sin and evil and death upon himself, the, this is being accomplished. Now, his death was not completed. He had not yet breathed his last. His resurrection was not yet completed. Obviously, he had not risen from the dead yet because he hadn't died. So there is more to happen, but there is a stage that is finishing. The action of taking all, all our sin and becoming sin, in that sense, is being completed. Jesus knew that it was completed. It, it, it happened, and he knew it. And so then he said to fulfill the scripture. He said to fulfill the scripture. So before he says, I thirst, he, he knew he was saying, I thirst, to fulfill the scripture. He said to fulfill the scripture. He cared about telling people that this was God's plan from long ago, and he's fulfilling which, that which was prophesied. So his speaking, I, I want us to think this as we consider the word he said. He said, he spoke, and at this point, physically on the cross, speaking, even speaking, would require a, a lot of effort. It's hard to breathe, right? But also his speaking mentally he, and emotionally, he knows that his words have weight and they will be remembered and he's, he's offering them for the future church, for us as well. He spoke knowing that his words and his actions were significant and that they were fulfilling promises and descriptions of the past, including things like Psalm twenty-two fifteen, 15, where, where this, this psalm that prophesied the, the Savior dying on the cross, Psalm twenty-two fifteen says, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. Wow, this picture describing a suffering servant of the Lord whose mouth is just dry, his tongue sticking to his mouth, to his jaw. He's in the dust of death. And this goes along with other psalms that we hear describing thirst. Psalm 42, 2 says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear in God's presence? Don't you think Jesus was thirsting to, to be with the Father, to have reunion as he's taken this darkness upon himself and the, the Father cannot look upon the evil and this, the relationship of the Trinity is in a sense temporarily clouded as, as the Son of God suffers on our behalf. Jesus is still thirsting for that connection that he's always had with the Father. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I appear in God's presence? And Psalm 69, verse 21, also is prophetic, speaking of what is happening to Jesus in a very specific way. It says, they gave me, they also gave me gall for meat, or a poison for food, one scripture has it, or one translation has it, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink, or sour wine to drink. 
And so those things actually happen. They're giving, the soldiers are giving him sour wine. And, and scriptures are being fulfilled. And he is saying, I thirst. Jesus thirsted for the Lord, for his Father. Jesus was thirsting for our righteousness. Jesus was thirsting. The Psalms thir- 63, Psalm 63 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have decided to look upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. And here is Jesus with his hands lifted up, literally nailed to the cross. And he, he is thirsting as he says, I thirst. I think he's invoking the multiple scriptures here. Not one scripture is cited. I think many are being fulfilled. That this is the Son of God longing for reunion with His Father, but also longing in that reunion to bring others with Him, thirsting to to bring others into the kingdom of God life, the life of love and selflessness that He has lived. He is inviting others into that life. He's thirsting for it, for more of the kingdom of God in this world, more of the kingdom of God in our lives. He's thirsting for it. And he says, I thirst. I thirst. Now, he is fully man, fully God, right? So he's physical. He is fully man. And of course, he is physically thirsting. He has not had anything to drink for many, many hours, maybe all the way back to the the Last Supper, right? We need need water. We need fluid for our bodies. And it's natural and, and normal for a human being, a human body to desire water and when you when you haven't had uh, hydration you're longing for something that isn't present that's what thirst is it's a it's a longing it's a type of pain it's a type of warning system to say you need this you 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 need it danger you're you're gonna die without it and he's longing for it you you are dry and you want to be made well and the way to be made well is water right and so he is desiring to be made well He's desiring in a spiritual, a relational, emotional way, he's desiring for us to be made well. He's longing, he has this desire that the dryness of our souls and our lives and of this world would be be changed, that living streams of living water would pour onto us and then through us out into the world around us. He is thirsting for a new day where his people will live like him as loving servants who are reunited with their God and secure in him and then their spirit is put in their lives and they are secure in who they are and so their lives are to be lived like Christ's life was lived as a, as a gift to others, as, as a source of living water for others. He is thirsting for that new day. Let's think about thirst. And let's go back to Psalm 63 as we do and consider Christ's thirst. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. The Son thirsted for reunion with the Father. My flesh faints for you. Your your body dies without its proper hydration, right? Right? In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Our land is becoming a land where there is 
uh, less and less people enjoying the living water of Christ. But the living water of Christ is readily available for any who seek it. Christ has a deep thirst for people to, to look upon the Lord and receive the gift of living water. He said to the woman at the well in John 4, if, 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 if you drink my water, you will never thirst again. Your identity will be settled. You'll be forgiven and made secure, essentially, he was telling her. You'll never need to thirst again. His steadfast love is better than life. Christ has this thirst. He knows that the Father's steadfast love is better than, than the the shabby way we live at times, that, that the true way to live, the abundant way to live that Christ is offering is, is to live in the love of God, secure in who God says you are, and then live out your life in that security and that peace, you know, trying to love others as God has loved us. He thirsts, Christ thirsts for us to live like the Trinity lives, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in perfect love, towards one another. He thirsts for that. He longs for that. He's giving the very, his very self for this, right? He thirsts for us to be transformed into his likeness. See, he says, I, I, will, I, I will bless you as long as, my live, as, long as I live. I, in your name, I will lift up my hands. Why is Christ lifting up in his, his hands on the cross? Why did he allow that to happen? Why didn't he call upon legions of angels to stop it? Because he thirsted for our change, for our transformation, for our salvation, for our renewal, so that he could pour his spirit into us, so he could, he could change us into his likeness, so that we could people who live in true freedom of knowing who we are and how deeply we are loved, so that we can love as he loved, because that's what life's about. He thirsts for that. And he longs that we would thirst. So we've just been thinking about Christ's thirst. Let's think about your thirst. Do you thirst for what Christ thirsts for? Do you thirst for more of God in your life? To be more like Christ, to have more Christ-likeness in your marriage or in your parenting or in how you treat others. Are you thirsting to be more like him? Are you like the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after you? Are you longing for more of God's presence in your life? Or do you long for other things more? What is your thirst? Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 6, in the Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Do you desire the Lord and the things of the Lord? If you do, your desires will be filled. Right? But we have to say, I want to thirst for the Lord. I want the things of the Lord. I want the Lord. Right? Do you thirst for more goodness in your life? More wholesomeness? Some people thirst for very temporary things, control, power, uh, you know, lots of things going away, sexuality or lust or greed or whatever it is. They fear, they have the fear of missing out, FOMO, so they, they, they want more information. They, 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 they want, they thirst for gossip, right? Or they, they thirst for popularity. They thirst for control in the workplace, whatever it is, but your thirst, you were designed to long for God. That's the only thing that can satisfy your true deep thirst and anything that you try to that you try to drink in to satisfy your true deep thirst it won't satisfy thirst for God 
And there are others that are thirsting in this world. Let's talk about the thirst of others. The thirst of others. Jesus confronted the, the thirst of others, the needs of others. And he says it's important for us to care about the thirst of others, the, the physical thirst and the spiritual thirst. Just like he cared about the woman of Samaria at the well, he cared about her spiritual need, her spiritual thirst. He cared about restoring her, right? And so Jesus says, you've got to care about the thirst of others. He says in Matthew 25, 35, I was hungry and you fed me, thirsty and you gave me a drink. That when we give water to those who are physically thirsty, in a way we are serving Christ. We're getting nearer to Christ when we serve those who are physically in need of food or drink, right? Do we care about that? Do we, do we care about the thirst of others? Is that our, part of our thirst? Being more like Christ will mean we care about the thirst of others. Matthew 10, 42 says, and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Now, we don't live out our faith to get rewards. I don't believe we are supposed to do that, but, but when we are doing this as part of who we are as followers of Jesus and caring about giving someone a cup of cool water, giving someone something that will meet their physical need or, or help them with a the spiritual need, when we do that, we are doing something that pleases the Lord. We need to do it because we care about the thirst of others. Jesus, like, just like Jesus cared about us when he went to the cross, right? He was thirsting for our new life. Do we care about the thirst of others and are we willing to give others a cup of cool water? You know, there are 1.4 million people die annually because of a lack of clean water. If we, if that's basically just every 22 seconds, a person is dying every day around the world because they don't have clean water. It's a much bigger number. It's 74 million people who have their lives shortened by diseases that are related to, to poor water or sanitation or hygiene. Those, those numbers are too big in a world where we know how to solve these issues. But we have water crises around the world because in many countries there's people lusting for power or using money on, on things that are not important, right? We, we can help solve some of these problems. The question is, do we care enough to solve them? Do we thirst for that? Do we care that today, in our world today, there are one in four people, there's eight billion people roughly in the world, Two billion of them lack safe drinking water. At some point during the year, right, they don't have safe drinking water. That's a lot. Do we care about that? Do we care about being part of solutions for that? We can't do everything, but we can care and we can do something. We can meet the needs of those who cross our paths or the, we can choose to go out and find a way to be part of a solution. Right? But if we thirst for it, if we thirst, if we long for people to be healthier and, and to know that they are loved and we, we can help them, if we thirst for it, we will probably find a way to do something about it. Just like if you thirst for water, you will find a way to, to, to thirst. I, I was running on sabbatical one day and I, it was a 100 degree heat and I went for a run and I thought I had drank enough water and I went for a long run, but at a certain point I was coming back and I had miles to go and I was bone dry. And you've got to be careful with that in high heat. And I didn't know where to go. And then I saw a baseball field. And a baseball field will have a hose. And you bet I found a hose and I drank out of that water. Right? Because I was thirsty. I found a way to solve it. 
Do we thirst for seeing people's needs met? Like Jesus thirsted for us to see our needs met. If you do, I don't have to tell you a bunch of websites where you can go. You will find a way to be part of a solution. God will present you with an opportunity to help people. Because every day people are going without, without real tangible physical water. But also, let's be real. In the Northwest here, in an increasing way throughout the United States, but specifically in the Northwest, every day people are going without the basic living water, the spiritual water their soul needs. People are being told, uh, given a false, bitter water that there's no God and you can do whatever you want. You can have the freedom you want. You can identify yourself however you want. And it's not satisfying. They're going without the true living water of the true God who tells the truth and tells people, yeah, you're a sinner, but I love you and I've forgiven you and I have an identity that is yours. They're seeking all kinds of paltry substitutes to try to find inclusion when in reality they are already included and brought into the family of God if they would only accept it. They're, they're, they're seeking power or control or, or popularity or, or sex or sexuality or whatever it may be when they should just accept that God loves them and he lifted up his hands on the cross for them, for us. He thirsted for us, and he's the one that can quench their thirst. People are seeking these, these unsatisfying substitutes to the living water. They've not had the living water, and if we have had the living water, if you've had the living water, Jesus Christ, you have it in your life. You know he is the one that truly satisfies. He's the one that truly makes your soul alive. You know who you are because he has told you you are his child you are forgiven you are loved I have a home for you then our job is to thirst that others would know that like he thirsted for us we got to long for that day when there is no more thirst but we also got to work for it right one day revelation 21 6 says that there'll be this vision of a day where there is no thirst. It says, he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. He cares about the thirsty, and he's going to solve it all one day, right? Jesus said in John chapter 7, he said that he is going to, to make the way for our heart to to have rivers of life, uh, rivers of living water coming out of us because Jesus really is that, that water that our souls need. He is what we need. He came to give us life, the living water, life abundant, right? He came to wash us, to make us new, to make us born of water and of spirit. And we need never thirst again for he is the one who satisfies our soul. We need look to the to the false substitutes out there for he satisfies our soul he is our living water do we thirst for him friends do you thirst for the lord above all other thirst do you thirst for the lord do you thirst for the lord do you thirst for the lord do you Well, Lord, help us to thirst deeply for you. May your spirit do that in us. If there's any here today who are looking at their lives and saying, I don't thirst for the Lord. I, I've been thirsting after worldly things, after things that don't satisfy. Lord, I, I pray that your spirit would, 
Convict and encourage them. Convict them of that, but encourage them to, that your water is waiting. And wherever their soul is dry, you can pour your, your living water onto them. Lord, just encourage them. Teach us, deepen us, convict us to thirst for you, Lord, and to have the thirst that you have for others, to help others with their physical needs, their spiritual needs. Lord, would you deepen that in us? I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our practices, I I appreciate us all considering today and this week is to ask ourselves, maybe daily this week, what do I really thirst for? Am I letting temporary thirst outweigh my thirst for God? That can happen in this world, right? But who, who do I thirst for? What do I thirst for? And then a breath prayer that you could pray this week is simply, Jesus, you are my living water. Jesus, you are my living water. And pray that repetitively throughout your day, really thinking about what that means, thinking about that as you drink water throughout the day, but thinking about how he poured out himself so that you could be washed and made new and alive. Our next steps today, maybe you need to make a decision today that you want to be a part of helping others with clean, getting clean physical water. If that's your thirst, I'm not going to tell you how to do that. You will go find how to do that. There are good organizations out there. You can talk to me about them. We're a part of doing that for our, our friends in Uganda. But you could be a part of helping others have clean water. You could also be a part of helping others to have the living water of Jesus Christ in their life. Maybe you haven't taken that step in your life where you said, you know what? I need to share Jesus with others. The first step is to, to thirst for that, to have God's thirst for others in your life god's love for others where you want them to have the best which is a relationship with god maybe it's this time today is this time for you to take a step to say you know what it's time i step up in helping others have the living water of jesus in their life lord help me to do that I pray that somebody would take that next step today. If you do, would you contact me, Corey at PalouseChurch.org, or you can contact next at PalouseChurch.org, and I want to connect with you, encourage you, pray for you, but let's be a part of, of having the same thirst that our Lord has, who poured himself out on the cross for us, right? And let's be a part of helping others have the basic clean water they need physically and having the the basic living water of the love of Jesus Christ in their lives. Thanks be to God that he thirsted for us. Amen. Thank you for listening to that message from our series, Words That Matter. In this season of Lent 2023, we have other resources available to bless you and deepen your faith. Uh, We gather for Bible studies throughout the week. Check out PalouseChurch.org for our schedules. Uh, Check out uh, the Bible app where many of us do reading plans together uh, focused on what we're learning in this season. You can also join us for soup suppers Wednesday night in person, 6.30 p.m. at the church where we are reflecting and, and listening to people share about the words that that Jesus said from the cross. We also have nights of peace on Thursday nights during this season at the Holy Trinity Chapel in Palouse, where you can be be with the Lord in just a quiet time 
uh, and that's anytime from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on Thursday nights. So there's lots of resources. Check us, check us out on YouTube.com or the Bible app if you're not uh, a friend of me or uh, our church on there. Check that out just so that you can connect with some resources that bless you if you're tuning into this series. Again, thank you for listening, and we do pray that the Lord blesses you and your time 